Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is the podcast where we are studying the Bible. We are working our way through the Gospel of John. Today is episode 117. We're looking at John chapter 7, verses 40 through 44. Let's read the passage together. When some of the crowd heard these words, they said, This truly is the prophet. Others said, This is the Messiah. But some said, Surely the Messiah doesn't come from Galilee, does he? Doesn't the scripture say that the Messiah comes from David's offspring and from the town of Bethlehem where David lived? So the crowd was divided because of him. Some of them wanted to seize him, but no one laid hands on him. So Jesus is at the temple. He's been teaching people there. He's been there during a significant portion of the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Booths. This was one of the feasts where people traveled to Jerusalem to celebrate. This is a twofold celebration to celebrate God's provision and care for the Israelites as they were traveling in the wilderness for the 40 years, but it was also to celebrate the harvest, that the last harvest was coming in this time of the year, basically October, and to thank God for the harvest. Also, water was a big concern. They thanked God for the rain they had experienced for the previous year to bring in the crops, prayed that they would receive rain for the coming year to receive those crops because this is finishing up the dry season. Things are getting a little tight in the water department, but also to remember God's miraculous provision of water for the Israelites in the wilderness. So it was during the the final day of the festival that they're doing the water ceremony. They do seven water processions to go to the Pool of Siloam from the the Well of Salvation and carry the gold pitcher of water back to the altar at the temple and pour it out. This was when Jesus stood up and said, If you're thirsty, come to me. And talked about the, the streams of living water. Which takes us to verse 40. When some of the crowd heard these words, they said, this truly is the prophet. What words? The words about the living water. Where Jesus says, at the climax of the the Feast of Tabernacles, with the the water processions every day, now the seven water processions, where they're really highlighting the fact that water is so important to life. And Jesus says, come to me if you're thirsty and drink. The one who believes in me, as the scripture has said, will have streams of living water flow from deep within him. And this resonated with people. So you got a group here that says, this truly is the prophet. So who's the prophet? Well, we've seen the prophet twice already in the Gospel of John. We saw it way back in chapter 1 with uh, John the Baptist. Look at chapter 1, verses 19 to 21. This was John's testimony when the Jews from Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him, Who are you? He didn't deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. What then? They asked him, Are you Elijah? I am not, he said. Are you the prophet? No, he answered. So back when the delegation from Jerusalem came to investigate John the Baptist, the question was, is he the prophet? He said, no. Back in chapter 6, when Jesus was doing the the feeding of the 5,000, 
uh, 6.14, when the people saw the sign he had done, they said, this truly is the prophet who is to come into the world. So another reference to the prophet. Well, they're looking back in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 18.15, Moses said, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from among your own brothers. You must listen to him. So some linked the prophet to the Messiah that Moses is talking about is going to be the Messiah. Others said, no, there's going to be two people. There will be the Messiah, but there will also be the prophet. And it really comes down to what you think the Messiah is going to be like. We, looking back, understand the Messiah came as the Savior to take the sins of the world upon himself, to be the final perfect sacrifice for sin, to make possible forgiveness of sin and reconciliation with God. That's our understanding because we're looking back. But for many of them, the Messiah was going to be more of a a political, religious, uh, civil leader. Uh, There was a lot of opinions about what the Messiah was going to do. He was going to take the throne of David. He was going to be the king, the king of the people of God. And he was going to do the kinds of things that David did, make Israel into a place of prominence again. He would uh, throw off the oppression from Rome. He would lead them to freedom, lead them to greatness. That was their expectation. He might be a military leader. He might be a political leader, might be a religious leader. But he was going to lead Israel to greatness, like King David. Some thought there might be this other guy, the prophet, who, while the Messiah came and became the king, the prophet would be one to rise up like Moses to lead the people back into God's good graces, to lead the people forward as the people of God, maybe even to lead them in a new exodus to some new place. Uh, So there's a lot of opinions. So when they talk about the prophet, that's what they're talking about. Somebody kind of like the Messiah, but different. So group one, this truly is the prophet. Verse 41, others said, this is the Messiah. This is the second group. So you got one group saying, we think this guy's the prophet. Listen, the way this guy teaches, this guy's here at the temple speaking the words of God to us and has done these miracles to show that he is from God. So this, this guy must be the prophet. Others say, no, no, no. He's the Messiah. He's come to be our king, to be our leader. That was what many of them wanted to do when he did the feeding of the 5,000, was make him king. So this is the second group. They think he's the Messiah. But then some said, surely the Messiah doesn't come from Galilee, does he? Because everybody knows Jesus is from Galilee. Jesus' hometown is Nazareth. That's where he's from. And you can't, no self-respecting Messiah is going to come from Galilee. Doesn't the scripture say the Messiah comes from David's offspring and from the town of Bethlehem where David lived? Because he's going to be King David's offspring. He's going to be King David's descendant. And the town of King David is, is Bethlehem. Now, it's worth noting that that's where David was born. That's where David grew up to a certain extent. But after that, when uh, King Saul took him in, 
uh, he left Bethlehem. There's no indication he ever went back. So nothing important in David's life ever took place in Bethlehem. They recognize that Bethlehem is the city of David. Verse 43, so the crowd was divided because of him. So there's division. Now, there's a group that accepts Jesus, whether they think he's the Messiah or the prophet. They accept him based on his message and actions. But then there's a group that rejects him. And that seems their, their primary rejection of him, the one that seems to be the most abundant here, is his link to Galilee. Now, we know some, the religious leaders, they reject him because he breaks the law. He heals on the Sabbath. And he makes God out to be his personal father. So the crowd is divided, not into two, but divided. Uh, Well, we saw group one, the prophet, group two, the Messiah, and then group three, those who are poo-pooing the idea that he's the Messiah. And verse 44, here's where we really see group three. Some of them wanted to seize him, but no one laid hands on him. So the religious leaders still would like to kill him. Uh, Nothing seems to have changed in their plan. They want to kill him. This guy breaks the law. This guy uh, belittles the law in their eyes. This guy makes God out to be his personal father. This guy is dangerous. And so whether group three is uh, those who are sympathizing with the religious leaders or they just are the ones who say, yeah, the Messiah can't come from Galilee. Uh, Who is this crazy guy? Throw him out. So some wanted to seize him. Now, this is not the temple guards. The temple guards, remember, we saw back back in chapter 7, verse 32, the Pharisees heard the crowd murmuring these things about him. So the chief priests and Pharisees sent servants to arrest him. So after Jesus started teaching in the temple, they sent some people to arrest him, temple guards. So it doesn't seem to be the temple guards that want to seize him, but some of the people. But no one laid hands on him. Now, whether they were just afraid to or whether they were miraculously prohibited from doesn't say. Just that they didn't. I I suspect it's because there's enough people who are intrigued by Jesus and believe he's something. He might be the Messiah. He might be the prophet. He might just be a holy man. He might just be a very uh, wise rabbi. But there's enough people who are sympathetic to him that those who would like to do him bodily harm are afraid to because there might be trouble as a result of that. So that is the central question always, who is Jesus? And we have the, the good position of looking back and seeing things after the resurrection because all these things Jesus said, all these things Jesus did, while he did work miracles at the time to validate what he was saying, the fact of the resurrection, that is the miracle that does validate everything he said. And what did he say? That he is the Son of God. That he is the Savior. He is the one who takes away the sins of the world. The resurrection is what really proves it. Today, people say a lot of things about Jesus. He was a good man. He was a good teacher. I, I, I like the teachings of Jesus. But uh, this idea of him being the Savior and the only way to God, I can't buy that. It was C.S. Lewis who came up with the, the phrase, Lord, liar, or lunatic. 
that if Jesus said all these things and was lying, he knew he was wrong. He's a liar. So he's not a good teacher. He's not a good man. He's not someone that we should consider anything about. If he said all these things, believed them, but was really wrong, then he was wackadoodle. He was a lunatic, in which case we shouldn't follow him. But if he said all these things, believing them, because they were true, well, that makes him Lord. And so you can't just say, well, Jesus is a good teacher, but he's not the Lord. That doesn't fit. Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus is God the Son. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue looking at the Gospel of John.